Hello friends. Today's topic could bring up some past trauma for some of you. Please know that we share this from our own experiences and professional training, but it is always just our own opinion. If you find this episode to be triggering for you, please reach out to your personal counselor, or if you do not have one, message us and we will help you find one in your area. Thank you for listening today. It's my time to share my truths. It's my time to share my story and it's my time to help others find their purpose. Hey friends, what's up? Welcome to Down to the Core. I am Julie. I am your host for today. I am one of the co-founders of Sita Hope Soul Coaching. Every Monday, you'll get me for an episode where we will cover topics that will set you up for confidence and success. We do not sugarcoat shit here, and we will always be real and authentic with you. Join Jim on Wednesdays where he will give you his perspective on the same topics. So let's get started. Hey guys, Julie here. So, so excited for today's um, podcast. I get to share with you my journey um, and my story and I am hoping that I'll be able to do this all in one take. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, I want very much to keep these podcasts fairly short since we're going to be doing three of them a week. And so, um, but sometimes our stories take a little bit longer. So we shall see. Um, so I was born. September 18th, 1975. The yes, that makes me, what, 47, I think? Something like that. I was raised by my mom until I was four years old. And then I was taken to my grandmother's, grandmother and grandfather's, actually, on my mom's side and uh, was dropped off pretty much on their doorstep. They were not expecting us, uh, from the stories that I've been told anyway. And, um, so, uh, it was me and my little brother and my mom had left my little brother's dad for another man and they took off and went somewhere. Uh, now I know that to be Texas, but at the time, of course, you didn't know anything. And Honestly, I do not remember anything from a lot of my childhood is blocked out a lot. Um, so anyhow, um, you know, here we are four and two, uh, dropped off on my grandparents doorstep and, um, his dad said, well, you know, as soon as I can kind of get things going or together or whatever, then, um, you know, I'll be back to pick up the kids or whatever. And of course, grandma's like, yes, of course. And then we just continued to live life, I guess. Uh, and then one day my brother was gone. It was really weird. I don't, honestly, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember the day he left. I don't, I don't really remember a whole lot from it. Um, what I'm realizing now through my own healing journey is that, uh, things that were 
traumatic for me, I have blocked out. And so trying to remember those things, you know, you may or you may not. And, um, you know, if you don't, I always just chalk it up to it's not time to heal that portion yet. So no need to force it. Um, so anyhow, I don't, I don't remember him ever really going away or like the day of it or anything like that. He just disappeared and was gone. And I would go over and visit, you know, every weekend or every other weekend or whatever it was at the time. Um, and that was probably until I was about six or seven years old. Um, and then all of a sudden the visits just stopped. It was super strange, super weird. I don't even know. And, um... Now, as an adult, I, you know, I've had a conversation with my aunt, and I was molested by my brother's grandfather, who's now passed away and whatnot, but um, I was molested by him a lot um, when I would go over there, and so I always wondered if maybe grandma knew and that's why the visits stopped or whatever. But when I talked to my aunt and I told her, um, she said that she did not think grandma knew. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't really know. I don't, I don't really know why the visits stopped. We didn't, we didn't talk about those things in my family. Um, you know, I mean, there just wasn't, we didn't talk about deep underlying things like the traumas that were happening um like why julie didn't have a mom and dad we didn't talk about that that wasn't mentioned it was just julie just doesn't have mom and dad and that's just how it is and we're just gonna move on and it for me it didn't work that way you know um so anyhow uh the visit stopped and uh, we just kind of started kind of going about our lives. And, um, I remember my mom returning home with this guy that she had left my, my dad. Cause at the time I still thought he was my dad, um, for, and a new baby. And so now I had this other little brother and of course he lived with her. And so, you know, I don't. I can honestly say I've never um, resented my littlest brother for the fact that he got to live with mom. I have not ever resented him for that. Um, I wish that our relationship was closer, but at the same time, I understand why it's not. I haven't talked to him in several years now. Um, and sure, it hurts, but, you know, there's really, I mean, there's not you can't force something to, to be if it, you know, you just can't. So anywho, um, so yeah, mom came back and she had this new baby. And so I had this little brother and, you know, uh, grandma would take me over and, you know, I would visit mom and, um, you know, on the weekends and stay there all weekend long. And then Sunday I would go back to grandma's and, go to school and do all the things all week long and then go back to mom's on, you know, Fridays. Um, and that is basically how I was pretty much raised. 
Um, I living at grandma's was grandma went to church every single weekend. And so almost every single weekend, um, I also had to attend church and especially on the weekends that I was not at mom's. And so I loved going to mom's because then I didn't have to go to church and because I didn't like church. Church wasn't fun. Um, I was raised in a Lutheran church, which some might say is kind of a step down, one step down from a Catholic church. And we had, you know, confirmations and catechism and just all this stuff that we had to do by, you know, age timelines and yada, yada, yada. And it was so just... And, and I didn't even know if I believed what they were saying because I always had the, uh, oh, what's the word? Um, the outlook, uh, that God was kind of a fire and brimstone God. Like, you know, you did any of these types of things and you were going to hell period. So if it had anything to do with inappropriate sex, uh, cussy, I mean, just anything that was inappropriate and was not in God's eyes, you were going to hell period. There was no, you get a second chance. There was none of that. And that is what I took away from church besides the, you know, uh, you got to study all the books of the Bible and you've got to, you know, do all these things. And I did all those things and I passed all those classes, but, um, it wasn't fun or enjoyable for me. And so as I got older, um, and, and through those years, I was still rebellious. I was the girl at church who was kissing the boy behind the bushes. That was me. Um, and I know now today that all of that provocative, you know, uh, energy or whatever that came from being molested that came from you know being told at a very young age or shown that love is given out this way and if people don't love you this way then they don't truly love you and so I always struggled with true acceptance and love from anybody unless it was unhealthy and if it, they were showing me unhealthy love of any kind whether it was abuse sexual abuse verbal abuse physical abuse whatever the case is then oh my god they were so in love with me and you know I can snicker at it now but um you know it it was a very uh hard realization to come to you know when I did finally come to it. Um, so my brother's grandfather would molest me when we would go over there. And then I was also molested, um, by an uncle. And I was also, um, raped multiple times by people in my life. And this is, throughout, like from the ages of, you know, six to, you know, basically adulthood, um, you know, these things would happen. Adulthood, those things 
would happen because I put myself in situations that, you know, were not healthy situations, whether it be I was drunk, whether it be I was under the influence of something. I mean, I don't know how many times that I would take drugs and then pass out and wake up with no clothes on. I mean, because I wanted so desperately to um, just escape the pain of not having love in my life. You know, my parents didn't want me. Um, I didn't feel like my grandparents wanted me. I felt like I was always forced onto their, you know, lap kind of thing, whatever the case is. And so um, I've always had abandonment issues. And still to this day, when somebody uh, makes the choice to leave my life for whatever reason, um, or even me having to make a choice to leave, you know, their life. Um, I struggle with abandonment around that. And I have to work so hard to remind myself that, you know, it's not me. It's not me. It's not me. Um, and today I have the ability to do that. Uh, but even just a couple of years ago, I did not. Even last year I had a situation happen and I really struggled. But it was the catalyst that pushed me to to get to the healing of where I'm at today. Thank goodness. Um, I'm very thankful. So anyhow, um, you know, I, I was experiencing or exploring with, you know, drugs and alcohol and stuff like that as a teenager. Um, but, uh, and I think I drank way more as a teenager than, you know, probably even as an adult. Um, I tried to smoke weed a few times, but I just didn't like the way it felt. So I just, I never, I never got into it. And today I think that that had more to do with, you know, my, uh, my own mental health, um, you know, just because of the way, you know, weed works and how it affects people or whatever. Um, it heightens those and I would always get really paranoid and feel like I was hearing things or whatever the case is. And um, you know, I have, I, I now today know that a good portion of that was just because, um, of, you know, my own mental, my own mental health. So, um, so I, I did explore with it a couple of times, but you know, not nothing, nothing major, uh, mostly drinking. I would sneak out as a teenager and, you know, go and drink and, you know, do all of the things and get caught and get in trouble and get grounded and, <laughs> you know, all the things. Um, and then, um, I met my kids' dad and we got together. I was like 14. He was 17. He just turned 18 actually. And so he was four years older than me. And, um, we, we were together 12 years. Um, and in that 12 years, we had three, uh, kids, two boys and a girl. Um, and it was also then that I was introduced to, uh, methamphetamines and I fell in love. I found the love of my life and that was all that mattered to me. And of course it all started off recreationally. We'd only use on the weekend or we'd only use once a month or we'd only, use, you know, whatever. Um, and obviously that all got out of control. 
and eventually I left him uh, for my so-called drug dealer, but really he wasn't a drug dealer at all. Um, he got his dope from somebody else and, you know, whatever. We shared it. So he really wasn't even a drug dealer. He didn't even make money off of it. You know what I mean? So, um, but, um, and so, yeah, I, you know, left him and, you know, said to him the same thing that my brother's dad said, which was, hey, can you watch the kids for a month, take them with you, and as soon as I get on my feet and get a place, you know, I'll come back and get them. And that was seven, eight years before. I, I saw my kids, um, you know, off and on, uh, but I had I knew that my life was so much in shambles that all, all I did was continue to use because I didn't know that I could pull myself out of that brink of destruction. Um, I thought I had fucked my life up so bad that there was no coming back from it. And basically I was on a suicide mission because I was going to die one way or another. Um, so I used meth. I was homeless. I literally lived in a hole in the ground. Um, it wasn't pleasant. I was being, uh, beaten every single day. I was sexually assaulted multiple, multiple times, um, verbally, mentally, physically, sexually abused all by the same person. Um, it was pretty horrific. Um, and there are some things about that healing process that I haven't quite worked through yet. Um, but I have a feeling that I'm going to be, so, um, yeah, but anywho, um, also, I don't know if it really matters or not, but at like 11 years of age, uh, my mom sat me down and said, Hey, I just wanted you to know that the guy you think is your dad, he's not really your dad. Uh, but this guy is your biological dad and he really wants to see you, but I just don't think it's such a great idea. So at that point, I knew that my brother's dad wasn't my dad. And that was really hurtful because I called him dad. I mean, you know. So again, it was another abandonment and loss for me. Um, so I kind of skipped over that part and I thought, well, I better add it in. <laughs> so anywho, um, yeah. So I continued down the drug path for, you know, 10 years or so or longer and, um, you know, I quit drinking alcohol back when I found methamphetamines. I mean, I'd have a drink maybe once in a great while, but that was it. Um, so anyhow, one day I was just, I couldn't do it anymore. I knew that if I didn't leave, that I was going to die by the hands of this guy. And, um, he, that night he actually, um, I cheated on him and he found out and he had a claw hammer and he was going to beat my head in. And I was so desperate to get away from him that I just, I grabbed a butcher knife and I just kept threatening to uh, kill myself and stab myself. And I actually did, um, but I missed and somehow the knife slipped and cut my hand pretty bad 
And I just remember dropping the knife and running out the back door, screaming, you guys will pay for this, you motherfuckers, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I was so terrified to leave that I couldn't even, you know, I'd already put some stuff in the shed and, um, I just sat in the shed and I cried for probably an hour or so before I was just like, I got to get out of here. I have to get out of here. And so anyhow, I, um, ended up eventually walking down the road, going to circle K down the road. And I called, uh, my uncle, uh, and his wife and they came and got me. And when they came and got me, um, you know, they made it very clear that this was the last time they were ever going to help. And that if I relapsed or I used again, that I could say goodbye to the family and never talk to them again. And so that began my recovery journey and I started down the path of recovery and, um, I was going to 12 step meetings. I was doing all the things I was living at a recovery house. I was calling my kids pretty much daily. Um, and then after about 30 days of being clean and sober, um, their dad was like, Hey, you know, the kids would love to see you if you'd like to come over. And they gave me 20 minutes with the kids. Um, he stayed in the house and I met with the kids outside and it was wonderful to see them. And it was all the, it was all of those things. Right. Um, and that began that journey of building a relationship with my kids again. And, um, so yeah, I continued down recovery and, um, have continued to stay sober ever since then. I got into leadership roles and gave my life back over to Christ and started doing the church thing and started doing all the stuff and, uh, was in major leadership roles and all of the things. Um, and then I met my husband through recovery and we began our journey. Um, which then led us to move to Southern Oregon, um, because I went back to school to become a drug and alcohol counselor and I could only find a job down here. And so at the time, and he felt it was best for me to go ahead and take, you know, take my own career. Cause I had never done such a thing. And so we had, he was a pastor at the time and we, um, had planted a church and we were probably four years in when God called us to come down to Southern Oregon for me to take a job. And so we gave up our church, which is still running and still going and is beautiful. Um, and we've been here for six years and I have worked, um, as a counselor um, in this area for that amount of time. Um, and then a couple of years ago, uh, we were challenged at the church that we were attending and my husband was associate pastor, one of the associate pastors out. Um, we were challenged when the wife of the senior pastor came to us and said, I really need to talk to you. Here's what's going on. And she was confiding in us about being abused. And of course, you know, we had to do the right thing. And so we turned it all in and we did all the things. And basically we were told that either a, we let it go or he would have to turn in his ordination because basically he stepped on toes. 
for speaking up for the truth. Um, so, uh, he turned in his ordination because, you know, I, I have went back and forth on this so many times and I'm like, you know what? Every single time God asked me, would you do it again if I asked you to? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I would. Hell yeah. Because that is my job. That is what I do. I am not going to protect you as an abuser ever. I did that for way too long. Um, and the fact that the church did um, was horrendous. Now, granted, that pastor was no longer the pastor of that church and honestly don't know where that person ever is. And they did get divorced and she's remarried now and she's super happy. And, you know, life is good for them. But um, for us, it turned a little different. And we've had a lot of healing to walk through with that. So that took us away from organized religion. Um, it didn't take us away from our faith. It just took us away from organized religion. Let me clarify. Um, and then last year, um, I lost my job due to, uh, the whatever you want to call it, uh, mandates basically, um, and not being willing to play the game. We'll just say that. And so anyhow, I ended up losing my job and, um, I got suicidal because I was in a place at the beginning of a spiritual awakening that I had no idea what was going to happen. And I didn't even know it was a spiritual awakening at the time. Um, but I got suicidal, which is a place I've been multiple times in my life. And this time, um, I honestly, I just didn't want to do it anymore. And so I laid in bed, I think one day and I, all these thoughts and yuckies and all the, you, you know, yucks came in. And then the next day I just put my feet on the floor and I said, you are not doing this. You are worth so much more than this. You get your ass up right now. And you go and you figure out what you need to do with your life. Because you don't have to continue to do it this way. And so that's what I did. And I started cleaning houses and, um, you know, just making money how I could. And that's what I have continued to do. And, um, you know, I've known for a very long time that one of the things I was supposed to do was to share my voice and... So the podcast seems to be the next place for me to do that. And so my husband has also been told he needs to share his voice and his story. And so we came together and decided we would do a podcast together. And we hired an amazing producer. And um, here we are recording our first podcast. So, um, yeah, I mean, there is so much more to share. I've got a huge spiritual journey that I've been on for for a while, but really this last year, it really has taken off and I have finally, uh, broken out of what people, some people call the matrix, what some people, you know, um, would say, you know, you've walked through your spiritual awakening, you're, you know, you're doing the thing, I'm finding my true self, I'm, you know, um, learning how to, you know, manifest and how to do all the things and, and I'm loving every second of it learning about my goddess within myself and oh my gosh. I mean, there's just so much that I've been learning and some of it 
fits great for me and other things don't like aliens I'm not into the alien thing my husband loves it um, but it's just not for me and that's the cool thing about spiritual awakening is as you walk through it it's like anything else you take the pieces that fit for you and what doesn't fit you leave and it's kind of like our podcasts you know what doesn't resonate with you just leave it leave it behind it's okay and only take what does so anyhow um, yeah so that's my journey that's my story and that's how I've gotten to where I am now to where I finally feel um, like it's my time to share my truths it's my time to share my story and it's my time to help others find their purpose and walk through their journey and I am get to help others do that now um, in the same kind of capacity that I did even as a counselor helping people get clean and sober oh man this is so much better so much better in so many ways so yeah that's my story you guys I'm so so thankful that you came and you hung out with me today I'm sorry I did go a little over what I wanted to but I still kept it under 30 minutes all right you guys bless you and um, I will see you next time or I won't see you but you'll be there talk later Ooh.